Oh, would you look at that? There's a new episode of the Black Cast on my phone, ready to play right now. I know the road before me isn't paved, it isn't smooth. I've got a lot inside me, even though the sun is too. And I've been knocked off my feet, but I'm still crawling on my knees. I won't let go on the road to glory. Once I'm Black cast. Yes, here I am in the back of the garage in my back room in my bunker black casting because really it's a cry for help, but it's the only way that I know how to connect with our fellow men and women here on the black cast and I am very excited making your triumphant return to the black cast although you've never been on as a guest you have appeared on the show before. We'll talk a little bit about that, but uh, this is my friend Lauren Lagrosso. Christian Blatt, I'm so glad to be here on the Blackcast. First time in live and living color. Have been on in a video pre-recorded segment before. And that was a song that you and I wrote together. You did the hard work. I wrote I wrote some words. I would say up- that both are hard work. Well, thank you. That's what I was looking for, so I appreciate <laughs> it. The uh it was for our, our 200th episode. And uh that was 178 episodes ago. And the melody of 200 shows, uh, I believe, uh, was repurposed for the 100th Tomorrow Show. It was. You know, I was running short on time that day producing the Sirius XM show, and you had said it jokingly to me, but I was like, wow, that's a great idea. I'm going to repurpose that melody and most of the words, and I did. And it worked out great. Yeah. Um, But I couldn't have done it without your inspiration. So in a way, you co-wrote that one. So I think we should... uh, impromptu to that tune do uh 378 shows 378 shows uh so anyway uh so much to talk about i wanted to start off talking obviously lauren lagrasso you can be found on twitter at lauren lagrasso low grasso l-o-g-r-a-s-s-o that's the website lauren lagrasso.com the website is lauren lagrasso.com i try to keep it consistent across platforms Yes, our, uh, our, uh, our mentor, Kevin Undergaro, that is very important to him. And uh, you can also find Lauren on uh, iTunes the way that I did. You can see her right there. You can That's get uh, some of her music. And uh, that you, so you're, you're out there. Uh, and well, in more ways than one, Lauren is out there. That's right. I'm out there while being in here. Uh, and you're in here in all of our hearts. 
Uh, I wanted to start with something really important. Your podcast is called uh, Unleash Your Inner Creative. And my question to you is, what if all of our creativity exhibits itself on the outside and those who have witnessed all of your outside creativity have really found it to be, you know, kind of wanting and not impressed by it. Would I, I I'm sorry, would somebody then have a reserve of, of inner creativity that they just didn't know about that was there? So, so in this scenario, I'm a person and I've released all creativity that, that yeah, I, I think I have. I'm, and two things. One, you don't look anything like me. You don't sound like me. This is okay. clearly not me we're talking about. Okay. Uh, you, you put everything out there. It wasn't much. But whatever you had, you put it out there. Yeah. But it hasn't really done anything. Do you feel like we all have inner creative beyond what we've already put out there, even though we thought we maybe exhausted the entire supply? Yeah, I definitely do because I think sometimes it's really easy. Like I even think with my podcast, I can get in a creative rut where I'm like, well, I just need to keep doing it this way and doing it this way. But like anything in life, we're too close to our problems most of the time. So you got to sure. zoom out and approach it from a different direction. And I think creativity is like an endless pool. I mean, you can always go back and dip your little toe in for a little bit more. Well, uh, that. Yeah, see, that's why I come to you because uh, you always uh, put the positivity uh, forth, and uh, I, I I will admit that I've fallen a little bit behind on Unleash Your Inner Creative. But what I always loved about it was one, I always adored you, but the positivity just oozed into my ears when I would listen, and I was like, well, I don't know, I might I might not have felt good about myself, and you weren't even talking to me, but I guess you kind of were. You're always talking directly to us. And, you know, I heard some some good, uh, inspiring stories. I heard, also heard some friends of ours. I know Roxy was on. I know Kevin Undergaro was on. So, uh, you know, and how, how long have you been doing that podcast now? It's been, has it been a couple of years already? It's been a year and okay. two months. Okay. So it's, yeah, it's, you know, it's starting to walk. <laughs> <laughs> it might get its first word out soon. Yeah. So it's it's Lucy. It's starting it, to walk. It's basically yeah. It's your baby. Basically, yeah. it's the, this and it's same level of work. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Don't you love it when people say that they're like, "Well, this was like birthing a child." I do look at creativity like that, but I also recognize that it's not a human life, and I can walk yeah. away from it. Yeah, and it won't die. Yeah, your your creativity doesn't wake up screaming at three in the morning because it shit itself. Right. Yeah. Or, and if you know it what? did, Although, you can easily take care of it. To be fair, my creativity does. That's the only way that it ever exhibits itself. Uh, for those watching on the YouTube version, I want to point out both Lauren and I both have the same fancy uh, Blue Yeti microphone. And you are the first guest who has had the same microphone as me. So uh, hashtag twinsies. Twinsies. You know, I feel like this isn't the first time we've been twinning, Christian. No. Just, I mean, whether it's something that maybe we've both said at the same time or the, the we really twin more so in the way we think. Yeah, because yeah. you and I met four years ago now, by the way. That's why. Yeah, I, I was. Doesn't it feel it. like we've kind of known each other our whole lives, though? Yeah. So it's it, it's two things. It's like, oh, I I wow, Lauren is someone that I met, you know, later in life for me because I was already a parent, and I'm like, wait, I've already known you for four years, because Felix was basically a baby at that point, and at the same time, it's like, oh, it's only four years. You know, both of those scenarios are really hard to grasp. The, the idea that it's four years feels uh, like I've known you so much longer. And the thing about doing that show was that we would be there really late. And let's just say we would get punchy. And Oh, would we ever? Yeah. 
and just things that shouldn't have been funny would be. And the reason that I have the nickname for you that's Husky that I think a lot of people would think is a very mean nickname is it's because not. Yeah, that you know, Husky's that company that makes all sorts of like I don't know outdoor equipment, and I don't even know what the hell they make. You know, I know they make like snow plows and stuff. They have like a yellow logo. If you see it, you know it. And you saw it. This was like three in the morning. You saw it at something, and you just went, Husky. Well, and here's the thing: most of the time when I do weird things, people either ignore me or judge me. They rarely get me. Yeah. And when you locked eyes with me and recognized <laughs> that that was funny and a weird, fun moment, and you yeah. wanted to repeat it, I was like, "Oh, he's my family. He gets me. He he's my he's my kindred spirit." And so, yeah. in that moment, I honestly knew we would be friends for life. Yeah, I it was just like, look, I, I, I loved everybody that we did the show with, even Jared. No, I'm just kidding. I, I liked everybody that we did the show with, but it was just like we connected so fast and it was so funny. And look, at that point, those two days a week that we did that show, that was the only time I really got out of the house. So I right. was just like, uh, this is great. That was like, that was my social life. That was my work life. That was your creative outlet. Uh, that was everything. Yeah. yeah. And you know, within a few months, I started doing stuff at AfterBuzz, but even, you know, those first few months, I didn't even have that. So it really was just that. So, I mean, it was fun. It was such a, it was such a silly environment, you know? And I mean, look, the show's still on and we're talking about it like it's past tense, but it's, we're not on it anymore. But, you know, the, the Star Trek uniforms that Kevin came up with, like all of the, the random gimmicks for it. Do you remember when he called his psychiatrist on air and put him on speakerphone? I like, didn't remember it till you said it, but I do now. Well, you know why I remember? I, I'm pretty sure that that was the night that I had like two or three Bud Lights and got wasted for some reason. And oh, you had to drive me to the drive airport. You to the airport. I drive you the Van Nuys. Not because I was away. drunk. He wasn't like, "Let's get this bitch on a plane." No, <laughs> I had a I had a flight I had to take, and no, I just a, yeah, it was a flight yeah. directly to rehab. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And yeah, it was just like one Bud Light too many. And yeah, you. It was it was all over for you. <laughs> it really was. But that was funny. I some of the the Tomorrow Show episodes have been taken off air, and I wish we could get them back up to relive those moments. Oh, I wonder. Not some- taken off air off of YouTube. I w- well, yeah, because a lot of them, uh, we would use a lot of like music and, and clips and things right. that probably needed to come down. But uh, yeah, I don't, uh, I wonder which ones aren't there. So, I mean, it was such a fun experience and, uh, you know, I, I learned a lot. I met great people through it. And, you know, that was really my my entryway into AfterBuzz, you know, which I mean, at various points, I, I've done as many as like seven hours of shows in a week there, you know? Wow. So, yeah. Well, that was like when I would do like Netflix binge shows and you got to do a lot of those in a week. Man, that is, I just did the Ozark after show. That's oh, yeah. a bear. Yeah. I would do the Marvel Netflix shows and was like, and I even like made sure that we didn't have to do 13 of them, which is what they wanted. I'm like, you got to do it too. I would love to do three per episode. You know, it's like, I'll, I'll, I'll watch it really fast, but it's just like, I, I can't, I can't talk for 13 hours. I mean, I can, I've done that on a couple of black casts. We've done a couple of 13 hour episodes. Uh, but Anyway, so it's uh, it is funny to think about how long I've known you, and uh, everything is everything's so different than then because uh, one, you live around the corner from me, except you're not there now. Most of the time, yes. Yeah. And we get, you know, Christian, I really want to hang out with you. I want to do what my grandpa did, where he would like have people over for coffee. 
I'll have tea for you. Um, but you. have people over for coffee or lunch. You know, we really only see each other and we knock into each other at Vons. Yeah, or that was the last on time the I streets. Saw you. Those yeah. mean streets at well, Toluca Lake. I, I texted you once. I'm like, I think you just ran by me. And then I saw you like stop, check it and turn around. And then I waved and you ran back. Yeah. So that's usually what happens. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, so yeah, I, when, when people are able to socialize in person again, uh, we should, or, you know, look, we can, we can do zoom coffee hour too. I'm fine. With That'd that. be fun. Yeah. Uh, but I'll, I'll probably just record it and use it as a podcast. You know, Perfect. Right I'd love that. Yeah. So you have your podcast and you've now, it has, it has been a couple of years that you've worked for the network you work for, right? It has. Yeah. It's been about the same amount of time. Wait, no, two, two years and yeah. one month. It's yeah, been so a little longer. Okay. Yes. And uh, what, uh, what can you say about that? I, I never know. what. I can say is. pretty much anything. So. so what's the, is it, is it, well, I'll just say what it's called because I, th- I don't want to say it wrong. Oh, no, it's fine. It's called Cadence 13. I'm the executive yeah. producer of female content. Currently, I'm working on Brene Brown's podcast. I'm working on Yoga Girl. Uh, that's a podcast, not just like working on her. <laughs> Look, I mean, if, she, if she's got to stay limber, somebody's got to work her. I stretch her at night. Yeah, somebody uh, has to. Come on. It's a job. I'm working on uh, Girl Boss Radio and the Goop Podcast, and then I've also done now, Lauren does Conrad's podcast. The Goop podcast, podcast mean that it, that the show is is uh, with Gwyneth Paltrow. Or? With Gwyneth Paltrow, she does usually one or two a month, and then yeah. this other wonderful woman named Elise does the others. Can I ask you if every episode is scented the same way as that candle she sold? Every episode smells just like vaginas. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> No, uh, actually, I mean, I love working with them. I learned so much. It's been super life-changing. Um, a lot of really good information, a lot of spiritual connection. Very cool. I like them a lot. And, and everyone that works there is really cool too. Well, I'm, yeah, I'm glad that you're happy. I think that, uh, you know, you had a great arrangement with uh, Maria and obviously working with Maria and Kevin at the same time. I just think that uh, this is great, you know, sort of what you're doing is working with so many different people. And I don't know, I think it was good because you had done, you had done that show for a while and it's always good to, uh, I don't know, it's good to have more things, you know, because look, I've essentially worked for the same person for most of the last 16 years. And I that's probably, amazing though, but I should have diversified. more. <laughs> uh, it wasn't for lack of trying. Cause there's times where he didn't have shows in that stretch. And I just, you know, I was just like, well, I guess well, I know people who work on law and order SVU because I used to work. I guess I'll go back to that. You know, it was like, I, I never, I never really broke off into, into my own thing after a certain point but it's great that dennis keeps working and he wants to keep working with me i i do really appreciate that i think that's a great opportunity and i i I think there's benefits and drawbacks to both but yeah like i do think diversifying has helped me because i've learned so much about so many different areas and working with all those different people it's just nice i mean like you kind of feel like a shapeshifter like for this person they need this thing and then this person needs that thing and then I don't know. I just feel like as a producer, I feel pretty bulletproof because I know how to make so many different sounds and people's energies work on air. But I know you can do that too. It's just a matter of if and when you get into that right opportunity. Yeah. Well, I think that, you know, once I get into my fifties, that's when it's all going to really happen for me. You know what though? (laughs) Honest to God, that's the thing I've learned from doing that podcast is that it really can happen at any time, you know? Yeah. Well, it just, it depends on the right opportunity. And, uh, 
how do, how is it doing your personal podcast? You know, because I've done this personal podcast for seven years now. And a lot of times there's been the feeling for me that I'm, I'm, I'm doing it for a, a core group of really dedicated listeners, but mostly I'm doing it for myself because I, yeah. I like doing it. And what I like about this podcast, the black cast is that week in, week out, it's something very different, you know, like one week like I'm talking to you and then I have the guys that I usually talk to. Uh, I'll interview musicians. I'll do a, a whole, I'll do a whole hour at plus with an author, you know, it's just like whatever I'm kind of in the mood for, you know, we'll, we'll talk about comic books one time. We'll talk about movies. We'll talk about music, you know, just mix and match. And so I like it because it can be so different. And what I always say to people is like, Oh, the podcast isn't for everyone. But there's one episode that probably is for everyone. You just have right. to find that right one. So I love that. And I agree. I think if you're not making something that you personally like, you shouldn't be making it. Because I, I look at creativity like, how can I serve a younger version of myself? Like, what would I have needed to hear like five years ago? Um, so this podcast is definitely one of those. It's had ebbs and flows. It's been on the charts a bunch of times. It was on New and Noteworthy 37 times. It's, got, it's had some quote unquote commercial success. But also been ta- there's also been times when it's been, you know, the numbers have gone way down. I, what I found about podcasting, especially when you're not a huge, massive brand, is that it goes up and down. And I mean, there's definitely a level of frustration in that. And I'm sure you share in that too, like knowing the level of broadcaster that you are, um, that if you like only had a little bit more visibility, you could reach so many more people. But I have to do it, like you said, because if I don't do it, a little piece of me will die. And, um, and I, I've also had some like really beautiful messages in the last year. Like you have to kind of like, redefine how you view success like is success making millions of dollars off of a podcast definitely i'd love that i still believe it's going to happen because i always believe the best possible thing's going to happen at some point it's just reapproaching it from a different direction but i've had multiple people reach out tell me they started creative projects because of it one girl quit her job and became a makeup artist because that was always her dream and she said she never would have had the courage had she not listened to the show Um, so many people have reached out and like shown me things that they've like physically made as a result of the inspiration from the show or like getting the courage to know they could step forward. So yeah, I do it because I have to, but also because I do see it making an impact. And I believe that either this show or other iterations of it are going to make an even bigger impact down the road. Yeah, look, and I think anything that has, and, you know, look, when I first started doing the podcast and I was like, oh my God, 300 people listened? How did that even happen? Like, why? You know, and I, like I had the advent that I was also on like a national radio show. So I was like, all right, so we, you know, I would promote it there and it was on the website for it. But even so, it's like, some people are still sticking around. There's a guy, we had him on uh, very recently, this guy, David Hines. He went back. And he started listening to every black cast over from number Aww. one. And he kind of stalled around like 110. But still, I'm like, oh, my God. It's amazing. Like, why would you do that? But it's also <laughs> like, it, you know, and then when people just, they write little things of like, oh, you know, uh, listening to you guys, uh, you know, they, like, I save the episode for like this long drive every week or, you know, I really look forward to it. 
uh, it helped, it, you know, this, and they'll say sometimes like the black cast combined with the Dennis Miller option, my day job, it's like, oh, it really keeps me sane. And I'm like, oh, that mean that means, uh, you know, getting one of those. I'm like, oh, great. That's another seven years. I'm going to do it right there. You know, right. if you just need that little bit of feedback and, you know, the, I guess the, you know, you always, you'll, you'll get the negative, but honestly, I feel like it's not, the show's not big enough where we get a ton of negative feedback because no. it's like, people are like, no, I don't like this. And then they just move on. They don't be like, well, I, think I especially they want to write about it. You know? Right. If you're putting out positive content and you're not being a mean spirited person, which you're not like, I mean, you're jokey and sarcastic, but you you don't come from a mean spirited angle. There's nothing really to say like, Yeah hopefully we will be able to at some point in the near future cast a bigger net so we will have haters because that means that it's going out but so far so good and just to circle back to something else you said like i recently got asked how do you advise people to unleash your, your their inner creative because obviously that's like a big part of my podcast and even if you're putting out something and it gets received by no one or one person or a very, very small audience, you can still make the world a better place just by being a happier person. Like just knowing that you have the courage to do something, build your self-esteem so much. Like just putting anything forward into the universe and saying like, here's me, I tried, here it is. It makes you feel like, wow, I actually do have the power to control my life a little bit and definitely to control my happiness and do something that feels authentic to me. Yeah, no. And, and I think it, 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 you know, that's a funny thing too, is like, because these episodes all get posted online, like, you know, you have a different guest uh, every episode and somebody who's a fan of that person can find your show from eight months ago. And that'll be the first time they've seen it. And, you know, I've been lucky enough to interview some people who in very specific areas are really well known so sometimes they'll find like uh you know a, a few times i've interviewed this writer his name's chris claremont he wrote the x-men comic books for 17 years and like all of the stories he wrote are the ones that they turn into movies so obviously people come across that guy and they're like oh hey i found this interview you did in 2013 you know <laughs> and i'm like oh that's it's really cool you know so it, it it's fun that but i'm still at the level where i'm like i'm just happy anyone's listening i maybe it's because i don't have the drive or i just don't have the know-how a little bit of it is i don't have the time like this is essentially it's for fun i don't know how to actually monetize it i don't know how to you know can help advertising you on it. you have advertising on your show yeah i can help you please um, do I definitely will. No, right now. Well, I will tell say, me what I need to do right well, now. I can, I can tell you because there yeah. might be someone listening. Use Anchor because right away they give you ads. And oh, wow. so okay. I was making money like from day one with this podcast because Anchor not only gives you ads, but they also have a Patreon like feature where people can sponsor your show. So I have oh. a few sponsors that are monthly. Um, I worry so, yeah. about Patreon so much because it is the, uh, it's the ultimate it, it, for somebody that felt rejected a lot in their life, it's like you're just setting yourself up for it. It's like, hey, do you like me? Great. Do you like me enough that you want to give me money every month? Well, and the then thing the idea for me of putting up a Patreon and then everybody can see number of patrons. No, I'm Zero. totally, I'm totally Zero with you. Patrons. I mean, that's kind of how I feel about like anything that's like forward facing like YouTube or Spotify where it says the exact number of views. I'm like, God, oh, I yeah. wish that was higher. <laughs> Yeah. 
I know I've, I've had to send like, you know, just to try and get interviews with people. I'll send interviews that I've done before. And I'm like, Oh, this interview from, uh, from two years ago has 185 views. <laughs> Whoops. But the podcast version did have more, but it's like, uh, it's you know like, what's well, weird though? Like, unless it's a major, major star, I feel like most people really want to do interviews like podcast interviews well especially now because yeah. it's the only way you can promote anything right and you know i have a there's a, a great publicist that i use for a lot of stuff to book stuff for dennis and she's also booked stuff that i could do for AfterBuzz because AfterBuzz has you know a big reach but she's just like oh no it's fine if it's not a fit for AfterBuzz. we'll do it for the black cast because she just wants to get her clients on something well right you know? and as somebody who has hired publicists there's nothing worse than when you're paying someone an obscene amount of money Money and they're getting you nothing. Like I would rather have a podcast that's listened to by three people than nothing. Yeah. So well, it's it's so easy to do it. So I've like talked to just in these last like two months, I've talked to like musicians and authors and things, and it was just like I, I watched an interview you did with a musician who's in New York. Um, oh, it was recently, recently uh, Joey yeah. Sykes. Yeah, that was yeah. awesome. The audio version of that hasn't shown up on the podcast yet, but yeah, on uh, on on the YouTube page. Yeah, I did that. Yeah, that was, that was one of those. It just came up. It's like, Oh, can you talk to him? I'm like, sure. Because I'm, I'm not gonna be like, I'm not gonna talk. I, there isn't anybody that I've ever said, like, I won't talk to them. Don't you know who I am? I don't need to talk to them. You know, I'm just like, wait, somebody, somebody would talk to me. And I'm like, that's content. And look, that's sort of the thing. We'll talk a little bit more about quarantine life in a little bit. But the advent of it, for me, has been to have this outlet to be able to come down to my bat cave slash murder room and <laughs> everyone's you know, gotta have one do extra podcasts i mean this conversation i'm having with you is part of something i decided just just for the sake of trying it to see what the feedback is i was like i'm gonna do five podcasts this week and do a monday through friday the big black cast binge week because of the alliteration there. And I I'm was like, going to yeah. say, that is killer alliteration you know, come on. for your murder. Yeah, and especially when you don't have a windscreen. So, bah, 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 you know, so you have to oh, like, gosh. Away. Yeah. I mean, I, I did. No, I but we want to see you. We want to see you, you know. I, I was, we were talking before we started recording. I, I actually have a windscreen that's about this size, the size of my entire face. I should just put it right there. But so anyway, having the outlet, it's like, first of all, it's fun. It's keeping me in touch with, friends you know like you and i would have texted but i'm like oh let's do the podcast because we can talk for real but i also think one i think your your story is very inspirational your energy is infectious and it also makes people feel good and i'm like this is a time for that and i was like i want you know i want people to get to know you but i want to talk to you so i'm like i think it's fun to do these and people seem to be appreciating that i'm doing more of them and it's so funny because the video option is is something that people just like to have. I don't know what it is. Like, here yeah, I need sitting, to start doing that. Here we are sitting and talking on microphones and with headphones on. We're not really doing anything. Um, one of us in this two shot is lovely. I won't say which one it is. Uh, yeah. But one, <laughs> thank you. Again, I was fishing. <laughs> but, you know, and then just say like, people like it. I'm like, okay, that's fine. You know, that's cool. Whatever. So I think it, it's fun to have all that. It's great to have these outlets. But, to sort of transition to, in addition to your podcast, the other thing that I'm very excited for you is, and all the time I knew you, I always knew you were very musically talented. You have a wonderful voice. And 
you slummed it and wrote a song with me once. But other than that, you, you've done some great music, despite, despite uh, me putting words in your mouth. The, uh, and, you know, with the Tomorrow Show, pretty early on, you started doing like the, the recap songs or the like the previous, I guess it turned into previous on the Tomorrow Show. And there's stuff that was so fun. I always loved how you always had your guitar and you were always just kind of, you're just playing. So what I love is that you finally have your EP that came out. Yes, I've released two singles. I've got another one coming out in June. Right. And it's been a long time, Christian. You know, I started this before the Tomorrow Show. So more than four years ago. So more than four years, years ago. ago. About five years ago. It'll be five years in August. Wow. I started it before I started Maria's show. And so when I started working there, I needed to basically learn how to be a producer. So that took all of my energy and I would do like gigs on the side, but it wasn't enough time to like really delve into making an album. So I had the songs, but it took some time. Like once I learned how to be a producer, like, so toward the end of Sirius XM and then into taking this new job, once I really like felt comfortable producing, that's when I started delving into it again. And so the album was fully finished in fall 2018, and then I had to go oh, back to the drawing board because oh. I got multiple people giving me the same note, saying that the production sounded dated, that my vocals weren't good enough. They weren't saying that like, I wasn't a good enough singer, but like they weren't strong enough on the recording, and that the, the lyrics needed to be beefier. So last fall... Was it last fall now or like a fall and a half ago? I don't know. What's time anymore? <laughs> it, it's not a straight line. It, it's not. Uh, it's it's it, certainly it, not. It's a, it's a jumbled up piece of string. And uh, from what I'm told, uh, time is uh, timey-wimey and wibbly-wobbly. So there's not much. That's how really it feels. It. Yeah. So anyway, I, I had to go back to the drawing board. And then finally this past fall, I released the first single. So it's yes. like totally a different style. At first it was like a punky style and we revamped it and made it more of like a pop rock soul. Right. And then the, the first single uh, was Road to Glory, unless I'm mistaken. You're not. And uh, there is a fantastic video for that which features some old cell phones that were painted blue uh, that I don't know where you found them. Well, it's one of my dear friends, Christian Blatt of the <laughs> hey, Blatt You might've heard of him. Yeah. You saved my ass because I ordered some cell phones on eBay yeah. and they didn't get there until a week after we filmed. So I would have had like three cell phones instead of like 12 yeah. and, and it I, so I much remember, better with a ton of them. I, I saw that post and I don't quite know why my wife and I have saved all of our cell phones. Uh, and I think, you know, there's a little bit of like, moment. well, there's a little bit of like, oh, we want to show them to the kids because it's funny. And I think we each had one that were like, no, I don't want to, I, I saved my first one, my first like StarTech flip phone that I used to wear on my belt because I was super cool. Uh, I don't think I gave you that one. And then there was like one that my wife wanted, but then the rest we gave to you and it was like, no, it's fine. We don't need them back, paint them blue break them whatever but so i was so glad that look and that's the other thing about the life we're all living right now quarantine was my wife and i uh we hoard a bit and uh this is a time where you appreciate hoarding because you know we had this bag left over from felix's birthday party in july and uh because we'd had it in a park and there was this big fat container of hand wipes and we're like oh my oh. god look at us Genius. you know it's like that's like that's like finding a hundred dollars in your pocket in the you know in the wash so no the hoarders uh, and the germaphobes are thriving right now oh, like this yeah. is a good time my oh. mom is the same way we had masks we had wipes we had a 
shit ton of paper towels. Sorry, I should ask if I could swear. Oh, no. Yeah, you can okay. definitely swear. Yeah. I mean, everything was already here. So we didn't even have to to try to get into yeah. that maze of getting those things. So yeah, that was, that was a smart thing. But I will tell you, on top of you helping my dreams come true by giving me those phones so that I could use them in my music video, sure. you also made my dreams come true because I was never cool enough to have a pink razor flip phone and it was always my dream i i would say you know it's like i don't have any regrets in life except the fact that i didn't have a pink razor flip sure. phone hey, honestly I it, it's what i look back on and i'm like i could have i could have had it all and yet i didn't didn't we almost have it all we did but, <laughs> but you you came into my life and you gave me a pink razor flip phone for my music video yeah. and which then i course, did have it all which of course didn't work anymore but that's, yeah and that's that right. and we died blue but yeah. other than that <laughs> well it was fun and i know that uh, some mutual friends of ours helped you out with the video did uh, didn't roxy and juliet both help you out with that Roxy was, uh, you know, so it's probably sounding really weird us just talking about this, but every little, we had like different vignettes and every vignette had different colors to it and different themes. So the theme with the flip phones was communication. So Roxy, and there were like hands basically like taunting me with the phones. One would give, try to give me the phone. And then as soon as I go to reach for it, yeah. they'd take it away. So Roxy played the arms. Sure. In the blue scene, some of the arms, there were a lot of arms. And then Juliet was there taking photos all day and just being of assistance wherever she could be. And, and they both helped immensely. Couldn't have done it without them. Yeah, no. And that, I think that that's like when you have any kind of endeavor like that. And look, I mean, me doing the Black Cats for seven years, these uh, poor sons of bitches that used to work with me at a radio show that ended five years ago, they still do this podcast with me. And it's like, you know, we would have lost touch if we weren't doing the podcast. So I'm so glad that we still do it. But it's like, yeah, without people who are, are willing to volunteer their time, you know, it, it, all these things get to be that much harder. So I was, you know, I, I had seen you perform live a couple of times, I think, at the that uh, Bar Lubitsch, I think, is where I've, I'd seen you. And, and yeah. Oh, and... Um, it doesn't uh, the, exist anymore. I know what you're thinking yeah, of. But there's the other one, too, in, in uh, Los Feliz. Um, uh, Rockwell or something? Or Oh, yeah, you saw yeah. me there. Yeah, yeah that I was my first show with a live band. Yeah, that, that was, was cool. so much fun. And so I'd seen you live, but I was really excited that you finally had these recordings come out. And, uh, you know, when I was uh, doing my research, because uh, uh, show prep is my life, uh, research is very important. I was uh, listening again to uh, Road to Glory, which is the song with the, uh, with the cell phones in the video. Uh, at one point, you, uh, you have a, a lyric that I believe you call, uh, you refer to a fucking leech. And I'm wondering, was that someone specifically in mind and was it me? Yes, and yes. Yeah. I was so mm -hmm. glad. See, so I'm, now I'm glad I gave you the phones. I'm like, oh, I'm in the song. That's why. It was just a perfect moment because I got my Razor flip phone. I got the flip phones I needed for the video. And on theme, the fucking leech actually <laughs> redeemed himself and gave me the phone. So, Everybody you know, it was wants. a really healing for me, Christian. Yeah. Not for me, though. Uh, I'm crying on the inside. So, uh, and then, uh, then obviously we talked about your, your song Rise. Now, in it, you talk about getting kicked down a hundred times. Uh, and I don't know about you, uh, but it, me, like in life, career-wise, yeah. personal life, back in the day when I was a single man, uh, I probably got kicked down like a hundred thousand times, you know, maybe, maybe more. So uh, I, I noticed that, you know, you're talking sort of about you took the time and you beefed up the lyrics. I do think that a lot of 
what I'm able to take away is just the fact that, yeah, look, there's been a lot of shit that's gotten in your way. And yet, I don't know, when I see you, you're always smiling. And like, I, I find that encouraging, you know, that Aww. you can feel beaten down by it. And I've heard you on your podcast and elsewhere tell, tell stories about when you first were, you know, you, cause you moved out to Los Angeles to act. Oh yeah. Yeah. I wanted it more than anything on earth. I sure. was like, I was like a psycho girlfriend, except with acting. I was obsessed. <laughs> I was stalking it. Hey, acting you up. <laughs> Basically. I mean, I just remember there was this one time I was living in my second apartment and my roommate wasn't home. So like I weirdly like, but we were very, very close friends. And I like, I went in his room to like talk to my parents and I remember hysterically crying and just being like, I can't do it anymore. I just don't think I could do it anymore. I want it so badly and hysterically crying and crying. And my mom's trying to comfort me. And my dad's like, Joanne, She's saying she doesn't think she can do it anymore. It's too much for her. And that, that moment, I, I didn't think of it that way, but I think that that was me recognizing that as much as I loved acting, the relationship I had cultivated with it was so unhealthy that there was no way I could pursue it and be okay. Even if I got sure. everything I wanted with it, even if I got the dream, it still would have been a relationship that felt like it was riddled with abuse. Yeah. So it's interesting. I think sometimes we get the things that we want and that's great, but sometimes we don't get the things that we want and the dreams we find on the way to our dreams are even more powerful. And that's definitely been the case for me. Yeah. I mean, what I always talk about it, and, you know, I mean, the, to the degree that I've had the success that I have, whatever it is, you know, and I, I, I you know, it's uh, for, for me, it's done me well, is, you know, there have been a handful of times where I've, you know, spoken to people that I've known that are interns or whatever. And I'm like, look, you should always manage your expectations and, and adapt your expectations. So when I was like in middle school and high school, I was like, oh, well, when I grow up, I'm going to be Dennis Miller. And then at some point that becomes well, I could write for him. I could work for him. I could, you know, and then end up being on his radio show. So it's sort of like you can have those goals and you should pursue them, but just know that like, oh yeah, this isn't quite that, but this thing is great. So I should do it. And it's like, you know, I, I look, I've always heard the advice that if you have a, if you have a fallback plan, you're going to fall back onto it at some point. So you should pursue what you want. But if, the opportunity presents itself and it is like producing a podcast or doing, you know, something that is creative, but just wasn't what you were expecting to do. I, I don't know. I think you should still do it. You know, like if, I you, do thought, too. if you thought you were going to, you were going to write the great American novel, but you get a job writing on a soap opera, you should probably take it because you, you know, it, it's going to be, you're going to get a lot of value out of that because one, you got to write a lot. If you, you know, when you write on, uh, on TV shows in general, but especially I'm, I'm picking soap opera because it's like, they, they only have time to do like one take. Cause it's like, we got to keep going, you know? Well, so, yeah. And I think too, like sometimes things happen out of sequence and that's okay. Like there's this great quote and I'm going to not get it exactly right, but it's Edward Elby. And he says, sometimes you have to go along. Virginia Woolf, Edward Elby. Yes, exactly. Yeah. The playwright. I just, wanted to, I just wanted to point out that I read a book once. I just want to point out I'm a smart I'm son of a bitch. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I took AP English. What's up? Me too. Yeah? Um, yeah. Too bad we weren't in the same class. We would have thrived. I'm like 40 years older than you. 
that's not even close to being true. But Edward LB <laughs> says, sometimes you have to go a long way out of the way in order to come to the right place correctly. And I believe that. And I, that's why I still believe. Like, I mean, I, I just did a, a feature film actually with, uh, with Phil Svitek, as you, who you hey, know. Phil Svitek. Yeah, he cast me in his movie. And so like, I still act, but I needed to come to it correctly, sure. not from a place so. of, oh my God, I need this or else I don't know what will happen to me. And also, um, sometimes we need to learn the lessons that are necessary for business in other areas. Like if I had learned, like I learned so much about the business while I was in podcasting. And if I had learned that in music, I think it would have been much more difficult to, um, to, to have learned. Like, I just don't think I could have learned, like I learned so much about like the backside of media and like how that whole machine works. And that's only helped my music career. So I think, yeah, everything is a blessing and following the yeses as well as the nos is very helpful as a creative or anyone who's pursuing uh, a path that isn't plotted out. Yeah, and I think it's, uh, you know, look, the, sometimes the wrong opportunity comes up and you realize it's the wrong opportunity and you're able to look back and go, like, oh, I'm glad I didn't take that, you know? Yeah. But uh, sometimes you have to just be open to the idea of, you know, like I, when I ended up producing Dennis Miller's radio show, I'm like, man, I want to be a comedy writer. I don't want to produce a radio show. But I had, I, I talked to somebody, actually, it's weird, weirdly enough, somebody that I didn't get along with that well, but he had been a comedy writer and he ended up producing a TV show for a comedian. And I'm like, oh, I know this guy's going to know exactly what I'm thinking. And he's like, you know, you should do it because you're still going to get to do the things you want to do. It just, you might not see it right now, you know? And it was like, you know, and I ended up being on the air on the radio show so much. Yeah. That I was like, oh yeah. I, I just, and you it, subbed in for him and hosted. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's amazing. And by, yeah. And that's sort of it, it all, it's all cyclical. So like by deciding that, I can do an, I can do my own podcast. Uh, and by doing it for a while, I felt comfortable enough on this one day. I'm like, yeah, so yeah, Dennis is sick. Uh, our usual guest hosts aren't available. And uh, so I'm just going to do it. And look, I do it for an hour. And if it doesn't, if it doesn't go well, I'll, I'll bail after an hour, you know? And so I don't know, I felt, I felt like it was good to do it. And, you know, sort of just the idea of doing the podcast came about because you know on Sirius XM Howard Stern has two channels and there at one point were a lot of shows that were about the show and I would listen I'm like these are people that are just talking about another radio show that people more talented than them did and so sort of that was the funny thing is that was the original idea for the podcast it's like oh we'll just talk about what went on the radio show this week I think we did it once that way and then we just talked about what we liked and you know we just tried to make each other laugh but it was like look if these guys can do a show, I can do a show. Right. You know? So it's, uh, you know, and then I don't, I've gotten a lot out of it. You know, it's, uh, well, I've and you, to talk you, to a lot of people. It's been fun more than anything though. And you can't always trace how the opportunities work out. Right. So like that was a direct line, but sometimes like, okay, I had been wanting to get into public speaking for a really, really long time. And I started my podcast and then the girl boss rally was happening and they asked me to host a class about how to start a podcast. And I never could have taught that class and done the public speaking engagement had I not started a podcast. Because starting a podcast as an individual is way different than starting it as a big machine brand. Yeah, sure. 
So, I mean, you never know how one thing will lead to another. So always do it. Take yeah, the leap, and, honey buns. <laughs> and the funny thing is that because I've done this for a long time, like anybody who thinks about possibly podcasting, first of all, just friends that want to do it just for fun, they'll ask me. But then, you know, you'll talk, I'll, I've talked to comedians and actors and things just like, oh yeah, you know, I think I would do it. I'm like, well, you should, because it's, it's really not that hard. Like, don't expect to make a lot of money, at least not right away you know you can try and figure it out but like just if you want to do it just because you want to do it you should because why not if you have any kind of built-in brand affiliation that helps right there you know and you know for me it was being attached to the dennis miller show i think the majority of the people that listen to this uh, you know only know about it from the from that show so. old denny old does denny. he like being called that <laughs> uh not not particularly no but um, so, but speaking of the black cast people, uh, in tweeting about our, uh, upcoming interaction and how excited I was, uh, you already had some interactions with black cast nation. I, I, I'm not quite sure if you've read, no, I know you read at least one of them. So, uh, yeah. I, I posted the, uh, I posted the, the YouTube, not the YouTube, the iTunes picture. Uh, I was just, that was just an old man thing I did right there. Yeah, so I was looking at the YouTubes. No, but it was the iTunes. I've snapped picture. like 15 times during this podcast. I don't know. You bring out the snap in me. Well, if I can bring out the crackle and the pop, then we'll be making breakfast. <laughs> the dumbest thing I've ever said. But thanks. I loved it that. so thanks much. I love dumb things. So I uh, and I I just like did a screen grab of the picture of you from Rise that I was listening to on iTunes. And uh, Matt and KC is our, like, basically our number one black cast fan. He's, he's our, our unofficial patron. He is not, like, I don't, I'm not on Patreon, but he'll, like, send us barbecue every year. Aww. He's bought the black cast t-shirts, the black cast mugs. Like, he, he just, he just, uh, we're, he's basically our sugar daddy. He takes care of us. He takes oh, care of us real good. So nice to have a sugar yeah, daddy. daddy. <laughs> so, uh, but then he uh, uh, said that this pic- this preview picture is going to get you all the attention in the world. Hashtag marketing. Hashtag boobs. Uh, and I love then that. Whatever Dominica's, works. Then Dominica Saxon says, rise. All right, all right, all right. And I'm like, oh, boys, come on. This is a lady. This lady is I going think- to be on the show. I'm pretty sure I recently interacted with one of your other listeners or followers and he talked about watching murder porn with his wife. Was that someone that was attached to you? Because it, it said that he followed you. And okay. he was commenting off of something I had sent you. I mean, it sounds like somebody who uh, would follow me. And, and if I had to guess, that would be Dominicus Saxon. And he'll let me know if that was him or not. I think but- that but he thought I was going to get... Um, I, he said, I'm eating ice cream and watching murder porn with my wife. And I think he thought I was going to get offended. But instead, I said, most importantly, what kind of ice cream? Yeah, see... That's why you're a good girl, because that's the important <laughs> question, right? I mean, come on. Uh, so in any case, the uh, <laughs> so <laughs> after this episode posts, there's going to probably be more of that is the point. But, uh, you know, look. I, I look hope- forward to it, and, and I can't wait for more engaging conversation, <laughs> titillating, some might say. And I just want to thank all the BlackCast listeners in advance yeah. for all the support. And I only hope you support me the same yeah. way Mauricio did in that photo. Because you're, you're on iTunes and you're, uh, by the way, that was very funny. I'm sorry. I, was, I, I, I want to acknowledge that <laughs> that like, was funny. like, let me get in the damn plugs, I Lauren. know. I was like, oh, wait. But I'm like, oh, but that was a good one. 
Uh, and of course, unleash your inner creative. And we're not done yet. I'm just want. I'm just getting it all. Oh, all thank in. you. I love it. I love uh, it. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, it's it's on all streaming platforms. Sorry, I got a yeah. little. And I'm not. A little crazy. I, I, I should be on more streaming platforms. I'm gonna help you, Christian. Please, we're gonna we're gonna take the help me. streets. And by the streets, I mean more platforms. Yeah. Well, that's the funny thing that you're talking about the streets because I I thought that I had a great idea for us to to do some kind of viral video because you do live around the corner from me, but we want to be responsible and socially distant. So I wanted us to stand on opposite sides of the street and talk to each other. We do like a like an Instagram live, and you know you would see that when you probably hear us shouting to each other. And I just thought it would be funny, but then you're like, yeah, I went to Michigan. I'm like, oh damn it, I did. But when I heard that, I'm like, oh, good. I'm glad you went to Michigan because uh, obviously uh, I, I feel like I've only met your mom once, but um, it was at your house and they ordered the enormous pizza, the, uh, the oh, big yes. mom and papa's. The, oh, like, for my birthday party. Yeah, for your birthday party. And, and people were doing like vision boards and stuff. And yeah. Yep. So in any case, uh, but I love your mom because I would, you would show me texts from her because she would oh, watch yeah. the tomorrow show. And so she felt like she knew me. And the funny thing about that show was like Juliet once was texting me because her mom like wanted to know more about politics. Like, what did I think about this or that? And her mom like knew me from that show. And I'm like, Oh, that's so sweet though. So I like, I like what, I like what the moms like me is what basically what I'm saying. Well, the moms, the dads, my parents watch that show almost every night live, which was wow. true commitment. It's Cause late. pretty it late. At, at one point it started at like nine o'clock our time, didn't it? Yeah. And then Yikes. I think we moved it up to seven our time yeah. and then 10 their time, but that's still till midnight. That's so still late. Yeah. yeah, this is a late house. I mean, right now, what time is it? Like it's one almost, in the morning. It's almost one in the morning, yeah. But I'd rather be up late than wake up early. That's just always the way I've been. I mean, That's I would, the way I'll be. I, I, I would love to do that too, but uh, the kids are going to You got the babies. You can't yeah. do it. It's not, I get it's not it. really up to me. You know what? Here's the thing. I, I think I stay on Michigan time even when I'm in California because I keep the same hours, just yeah. normal I, hours. I, yeah. I, it took me a long time to not like live my life on uh new york time anymore eventually I, I i broke of it but like yeah i mean i would i would wake up way too early even when yeah. like, i first lived here and didn't have a job i was like well i'm up what am i gonna do you know uh but anyway so i was glad that you went to michigan uh because i knew that i knew that that's where family was and i think I, look, I worry about anybody that I know who lives by themselves uh, during this time. Uh, obviously, you can worry about them for the health reasons, but just like, it, look, it's hard to be alone. And as exhausting as it can be to be with the kids, uh, there's a lot of time where it's just like, they're really funny. They're really sweet. They mean well. They, they do love us. They adore us. They just have funny ways, obnoxious ways of showing it sometimes. So I was glad to see that you went home. You went back to Michigan. So uh, while, while I miss having you in the neighborhood, we wouldn't be able to hang out right now anyway. So true. at what point did you make that decision of, uh, did, like, did you go to Michigan right away? Or did you, uh, did you think that like, oh, this is only going to be two weeks. I can ride it out. I never thought it was going to be two weeks, but I didn't want to make the decision out of fear because the first two weeks I was like mentally effed. I was really, I was really having a hard time like crying. I cried at work. I cried when I was producing the group podcast. The, the host, Elise, was like, you seem like you're stressed. And I was like, I am stressed. It was, it was before they had called the stay at home order. Um, so I was not okay. And I think it was a few things. I mean, first of all, we've never dealt with anything like this before. Second of all, 
I was feeling really, really, really upset about the fact that my parents were so far away. Like one thing in moving to California, I never considered. I considered that money might be an issue in getting home, that time might be an issue. I never considered that like a global pandemic could prevent me from seeing my parents. Um, and so that the weight of that was really heavy on me. And I went back and forth and back and forth. I actually ended up quarantining with my ex-boyfriend because I personally, God bless anyone who's alone, but like we made the decision that we were going to quarantine and like be each other's quarantine family for this because it was just too hard to be alone. I was by myself. He was living with like five guys. So he decided to come Wait, over. He was living at the hamburger place? Basically. Sorry, it's a dumb joke, but I, I loved it. I loved it. You see the I way I tackled bell. you so that I could get my dumb joke in and my little bell? If you didn't, I would have been mad at you. So, so yeah, no, but I get it. Yeah, that, yeah. that's like, uh, I don't know. We toiled but, over it. But basically, so what we ended up doing was we stopped going out for groceries two weeks before we came back. So, like, we had no contact with anyone. And then when we went on the plane, we did fly. We wore N95s as well as a regular mask over that one. And then gloves that we changed every time we touched something. Um, and then once we got here, we quarantined for 15 days. Yeah, so, I, think, I mean, that's totally the way to do it. You know, it's, uh, you know, and the funny thing was that after this had stretched on for a little while, uh, my wife and I were like, why didn't we just go to your parents like the first day? Yeah. You know, we would have had help with the kids, but they also would have wanted to murder us if we had been there for seven weeks by now. Have but they been alone too though? Her parents? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's just the two of them. Uh, and, you know, they, they, they have interaction with people who like come by and drop stuff off because her mom makes uh, a lot of masks for like a hospital. Oh, in the God area. bless her. Yeah. So, uh, and and uh, her her sister Heather's aunt like she does too, so she does have people that come over. You know, I guess the, there's no hugging or whatever. But you know, you, just because they're older, you you worry about them more than you worry about anyone. Obviously, you can you can worry about everyone, but right the you know so they're they've got each other. But yeah, I mean they are by themselves. But they're they're not that old just in general. But they're also uh, they're very spry. They, they like go for a long walk every day. You know, the, the biggest hardship for them is that they haven't been able to go to the, go to the Indian casino. Oh my God. You have something called spry right there. <laughs> when, when you what said that, I was like, this is manifestation. You're on a roll Christian. Don't stop. You're going to monetize that Wait, podcast like a mug. Hold that up. <laughs> I'm going to try, I'm going to try and remember that, that this is what I want to do for the screen grab. This, this episode of the black cast has been brought to you by spry and boxed water. Because it's better in the box. Anyway. That's true. As they always say. That's, that's what, what she I've, said. That's what I've always said. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, but it's, uh, you know, and then there, every once in a while, there's still the idea of like, well, what if, yeah, what if we stop going to the grocery store and just we like, for two weeks, we wait and then we go see your parents. But I still don't, I, I think that they think that they would want us, but then they would be like, oh my God, are they ever going to leave? You know? I mean, for my parents, it's been great because my mom has a ton of anxiety and I, I was having a ton of anxiety too. Sure, so yeah. just like, even once I got here, even though we couldn't see each other, I think we just felt better like being, cause we quarantined upstairs, they stayed downstairs. So like being in the same place and, um, it's been definitely, as soon as I got on the plane, I started crying hysterically cause I had no idea how disturbed I'd been by 
being sure. away, the whole situation. So it's definitely the right choice, but it wasn't one that I made lightly. And it's, yeah, this whole thing is like, there's a lot of heaviness. There's a lot of silver linings to it, but there's a lot of heaviness as well. Yeah. And I think that seven weeks in, you start to, you start to settle into it in the way that you just, you hope that there gets to be an end in sight, but not in the way where you want the end, uh, you want it to be ended uh, too soon. And I think that's kind of the interesting thing about where you are in Michigan, I think is the place where we, we, we have it in California. I think that earlier today, there was some degree of protest in Burbank of all places. Wow. Yeah. So it's like, okay, so people are upset. And I, I completely understand uh, people being upset. I understand people who, one, just want things to be back to normal and they don't understand why. Uh, but also, you know, economically, the economy is fucked. And then there's, look, there's people that need to work because they're like, that was great that the government gave me $1,200, but it's gone already. And, you know, my job in the service industry isn't coming back. So I, I yeah. understand all those reasons, but... I, uh, I I don't have a lot of empathy for the people who need the golf courses and the beaches open. I don't give a fuck. You know, it's just no. like- No, people who are, can't make a living, at least you can understand yeah, why they're feeling no, compelled to protest. I feel if, terrible if for them. Just be, yeah. First of all, we can go outside. It's not yeah. like in Italy, I've got a friend who's been living there and she said that if people go outside, they get harassed or in certain places, I think that they were getting arrested. So it's like, we can go for a walk. Yeah. We're very lucky. So I think you have to look at the liberties we still do have. And yeah, if you're not able to make a living, I, I can completely empathize with that, but it's hard to have empathy for people who feel like they got fucked in life because they can't play golf. Yeah, and I, I, at the same time, uh, you know, look when you are you're hearing from people that are that live in places like, you know, I always use examples of places like Montana and Idaho because I know that they're very spacious and wide open, and you're like, you know, it's not really a problem here. I'm like, all right, I get it. So, I guess just be careful, and you know, what your state's allowing, do that. Just don't try and push it beyond that. So, uh, and you know, it's a little bit of a divisive issue because people feel like. You know, the, the joke that I always have is like, hey, nobody's going to tell me to stay healthy, all right? You know, and it's like, it's the argument is often like, oh, I'll be fine. And you know what? If I'm going to get it, I'm going to get it. It's like, yeah, but it's not for you, dummy. You know, yeah. it's like there's all the other people. There's people who are at risk. I mean, I don't, I don't know how it interacts. It's such a weird, crazy thing. Well, we but, don't know enough about yeah. anything to be making. I mean, until there's enough research about it, we just don't know. Like, and, and that's the other thing that's been sad. Like, I feel like people are very judgmental right now. And I can't say that I've been like immune to that. I felt judgmental too, because I think everybody feels like they're doing their best to do it the right way. And that if somebody isn't doing it the way they've been doing it, like they lost something. I guess. Yeah. Um, but we don't know. We just don't know. And so I guess when I don't know something, I always think the best course of action is to do nothing. And I think that's what the stay at home order is about. Yeah. Hopefully they've been our government, which I don't know that they have been, but the, the hope is that they've been taking care of things to make it so it will be safe for us to re-enter the world at some point in the near future. But until we have that safety, I don't feel safe to go back to the way life was. That's for damn sure. 
No, and look, I think that uh, it's it's very wise to not automatically trust your government for one, having your best interests in mind and two, being able to actually execute those. You know, just depending on the state you live in, just like, are, are the roads ever paved? Because, you know, like that'll, that'll tell you right there, you know? So it's like, all right, yeah. So these are the same people that you're you're counting on to tell you things. And, you know, it's like, look, to, to keep it local in Southern California, the in Orange County, the, the like, I don't know, whatever the, the local government is like, yeah, so we're going to keep the beaches open. And then the governor's like, no, you're not because you had too many people on the beaches, dummy. So yeah, like the beach in and of itself is fine. It's the like 2000 assholes that aren't uh, keeping a distant from the other people. It's like, they all went to the same beach. You know, there's a, there's a whole, co- I should draw a map. I'll show you the whole coastline of California. You could have gone there, but you all, it's like, well, let's go to Huntington beach. Let's all go to Huntington beach. So, and I, look, I have people on my, my timeline on social media who are the people that are very angry about these things. I, I don't, I'm not saying that they're all just, it's all like because they want to go to the beach. I did have one of those conversations with somebody that I really like that are just like, yeah, but it's in California. We're used to going to the beach. I'm like, great. You know, I'm used to not going to the grocery store with a fucking, you know, Lone Ranger mask on, which I guess is a bad <laughs> allegory because it's on his eyes. But, you know, that like, I look like I'm going to rob a bank. You know, well, you feel so strange because like I'll smile at people when I'm on a walk. I'm like, oh, they can't see me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to send you a picture when I first got here or not when I first got here, but like right as I like maybe to look right after the quarantine, it got really cold. It was snowing. And so I was wearing like a Russian fur hat <laughs> and then these crazy glasses and a mask and I, and a weird scarf. And I went out like that. And I'm like, if I went out like this two months ago, I probably would have been shot dead. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I know. It's like, you know, and I was talking to my wife, we did, uh, we did some uh, uh, drive-through at uh, Dunkin' Donuts. Uh, after so we, much fun! After we did the drive-through car wash with the kids, because we thought that would be fun. Uh, you know, because we didn't get out. It's a drive-through car wash. Nobody has to get out. So, uh, so we did. Those that. are the best, anyway. Yeah, right. I agree. Wait, where did you go? You can tell me off air, but I'm really interested. <laughs> I'll just tell you. It's, there's a drive-through car wash uh, on uh, Victory and Magnolia uh, at a Shell station. Okay, it like, cool. It was like eleven dollars. I'm gonna so, hit it up when I get back. Oh, yeah, that should be that should be your new hangout. Yeah, you'll pull into the parking lot and they'll be like, "Lolo, what up?" You know. Be so, like, uh, but anyway, so and like they they had it down when I pulled up to the little speaker box to to um to order, they they asked like the first thing they asked was if I was wearing a mask today, and I'm like, "Well, I have one in the car, and I'll wear it by the time I get up to the to the window." And she's like, "Yeah, that's fine. That's you know." Uh, because I didn't want to order with it on, like, so what now? I was like, all right. So, but and like the the lady there, she she had the gloves, she had the uh, she had the mask on uh, to pay with the app. Uh, they scanned my phone without having to take my phone, and I was like, they have it down. And then I, just on the drive back, I'm like, so when are we going to be able to go to a place where you pull up at the drive-through and they don't have the mask on and they don't ask you to wear a mask? Like how? How long is this? Because I'm like, there could be a vaccine and they might be like, you know what? Just for sanitary reasons around food, let's go ahead and keep masks on. I don't know. Definitely keep gloves on, you know? Well, so when you're going through the drive-thru, are you still drinking out of the 
actual cup because I'm confused about that now. Are we allowed to do that? I wasn't doing it. Uh, I would uh, wait till I got home and I'd put it in a cup that I have. But now that everybody is wearing masks and gloves all the time, I felt okay about it. So okay. like, that's why I have, this is like, I have this cup. Uh, I'll still, it, uh, a lot of times I'll still wipe it off when I get home because I like, unless I see it made, like sometimes, you know, you can see at Starbucks, you see them make it and then the, you see them put it on the counter and then hand it to you or whatever. I'm like, all right, I saw the whole process. I feel okay about that. But yeah, I mean, it just depends on, you know, the first time that we got takeout, I took every item of food and put it in another container and threw the, threw the containers out. And, and I still oh, kind so of do that, stressful. but it's exhausting, but it's also like, yeah, I don't, uh, I don't know what's right. That's the worst part about all of this is just not knowing what the real answers are. Yeah. And, and that like, if you eat a burger in a container, it could kill you. It's like, uh, I mean, what that, is this world? That is definitely, that is definitely the worst part, you know? Yeah. And look, it's, uh, it, just how unpredictable it is. And I, I understand the, there's the, there's the, we need our freedom back that people are uh, asking for. There's the, we need the economy. This is killing us. And I'm like, look, these things, these things are valid. Those are valid. You know, the, the golf slash beach, maybe it's because I don't go to the beach much and I, I, you know, I, I, I barely tolerate mini golf. So maybe it's, but I'm just like, look, just go outside and don't play golf. Go outside and don't go to the beach where there's 1,200 people, you know? I, I think the people are like mourning the way the world is changing and trying to force it back into, to use our box metaphor, back into the box that it once was, box water, the spry box. But, you know, life is never going to be the same. Actually, on Brene's podcast, we did an amazing episode, which if anybody like is looking for self-development, honestly, this podcast is like changing my life. I love working on it because it just makes me i feel like better every week yeah i mean anybody who listens to the black cast should actually be seeking out some kind of way to better themselves and this this is is that this is well the black cast is not doing that the fact that you're here means that you need to improve in so many ways not you (laughs) as a guest but the listeners they look i i need to improve this is this is because i can't afford therapy that's why i do this well podcasting is very effective for that but this episode we did with a grief specialist and he talked about how we are all in collective grief for the way life was because it will never go back to the way it was ever again. Yeah. I think that you'll be able to approximate it at one point. And Mm -hmm. I think that that point is a lot further down the road than uh, a lot of people are uh, willing to accept and uh, willing to wait for. I think that there are different approaches to these places that are starting to do some reopening. And I, I've talked about this before when I, the first state that I heard was going to start trying to do some things was Texas. And I'm like, Oh my God, that sounds terrible. And then I read about what they were doing and I'm like, okay, so it's like stuff where stores are open, but you have to order online and they'll, they'll do car, curbside pickup. I'm like, all right, I think that's a responsible way for the economy. You hope that that goes well. And you know, you, you hear about things and you're like, okay, they're at least taking it seriously. And then you hear about states where you're like, I don't know that they, they really have a plan. And yeah, I'm sorry. The example is always Georgia because you don't need a tattoo right now. Look, I clearly need a haircut right now. Look at me. And my mom cut my dad's hair. Maybe Heather could get you. 
Uh, I'm I'm planning on doing a video where I just buzz the whole thing, actually. So uh, we'll see. But then my friend Will Sterling, who uh, who is a regular on the Black House, he already did it. So I'm like, oh, damn it, that was my bit. I never told right. I never told him I was going to do it. So that's on me. So anyway, it's uh, you know, and it, look, it's easy to to live if you live in California, you live in New York, you're just like, yeah, people need to stay inside. Well, there are places where you can probably do a little bit more than you can do here. You just you just want them to be careful and you want them to be responsible when they do it. Uh, you know, a, a friend of the black cast, this guy, raging rhino, he has a, a podcast called raging rhino podcast. That's not actually his birth name, but he was talking about like, he was seeing a surprising number of people uh, on social media who were hoping that people in Texas got more cases of coronavirus because it would prove their point. I'm like, no, I hope all these other, all these states that are reopening, I hope they're the ones that are right. And those of us who are skeptical of it, we're like, oh, good. Okay, good. They, they did handle it right. I don't, yeah. I don't hope that, I don't hope that it doesn't go well. I hope the opposite. I hope it goes really well. And then other states will follow suit. And then, you know, all that, you're just worried about it. And I've you heard know, a I, lot so, of people say disturbing things about, you know, wishing that this side would pass from the, you know, and well, yeah, it's just like, the, oh, well, these are Trump supporter states. So good. I, I mean, I've, I've read I that. I think that is so, I've heard multiple people say that. Yeah. And like out loud. I'm like, how could you say something like that out loud? Yeah. That's a human life. I don't care what your political ideology is. And I understand that maybe certain people who support Trump do have the viewpoint of like, we should reopen right away. I mean, clearly a lot of people do, but I don't wish anyone death. Yeah, no, no. And it's just like, and it's like even wishing people to get sick. I'm like, well, just why? So that you why? can, so you can you be right? right. Well, that's it. They want to be disgusting, right. though. And I, I, here's my thing is I'm terrified that I'm right. I don't want to be right. Yeah, you know? I'd love to and be wrong. I think we'd I, all love to be wrong. Yeah, I, look, I wrote, I wrote on Facebook uh, earlier today, and I, I thought about whether or not I was going to do it. Uh, my best friend, John, he's the best man at my wedding. I was his best man. My friend, John, he, he lives in New York. Uh, so he lives in Harlem, and he got it, and he has it really bad. Uh, his wife got it, and she was fine after like two days. And uh, there's a, another uh, a, a woman that I worked with forever ago at NBC. She had it. She had like a terrible three weeks. She seems okay now, which is great. But I mean, he's in the thick of it right now. And he wrote a post where he described what it was like and how bad it was. And I, so I asked him, I was just like, uh, I kind of want to just do a screen grab and post it because I'm seeing too many of these. We need to go to the beach. We need to be playing golf right now. And I was just like, and I don't know, I wrote this whole like ramp up to it where I'm like, I'm not telling you that you have to do anything because I think it's, counterproductive when I see friends who are also just all caps saying, stay the fuck home. I'm like, okay, but you're yelling now. And yeah. And shame people, is not a social and, justice tool. Right. And the people who are saying like, give us back our freedom. Well, they're yelling too. And I'm like, see, that doesn't help. So I'm like, look, think whatever you want. I just want to give you this information. This is a guy who's 44 years old, just like me. Okay, this isn't this isn't somebody who's you know in their 80s and has you know a, a series of, of of health problems, and he he more than anybody that I knew he had the gloves he had the masks and he mm. was super careful when he went out and he still got it, and a little bit of that is you know you're maybe more likely to get it in New York because of, of just the way everybody's on top of each other, but it's like he still got it and it's like anybody can get it and you you know sure that's in New York and there that's the other terrible viewpoint that people have is like 
why is the rest of the country suffering for New York's problem? And I'm like, well, it's not just New York. It's just worse. It's the worst in New York. You, you know, know, it's still happening okay. in other places. Even, even, in, even in Georgia and Texas, it's happening, just not happening on that scale. So, yeah. I well, what know. I was hoping people would gather from this, and it's, it seems to be going over most people's heads, or at least like the people I've been hearing talk about it. But what I was hoping is that all people on all sides of the aisle and whatever background they come from would realize how intricately connected we are. Yeah. That when one person hurts, everybody hurts. And that like literally a cough we're connected through a cough or like you can't separate yourself from other people because what you do does have a direct impact. And I wish that people could view it from that point of view versus a them and us kind of thing, because if anything, it should be a unifying, terrible thing that all of humanity is going through and that we all protect each other from. Right. And that was sort of what my point was, you know, it's like, look, it's like, you're worried about, you can worry about your own health, but it's like also, and this is something that I wrote in, in the post, and that's why I'm looking down because I'm, I'm sort of reading. From yeah, I mean, yeah, this, I'm really curious to hear it. This idea that, you know, it's, there's health concerns for your friends, your loved ones, but don't forget, like, there's your neighbors, there's the neighbors you haven't actually met yet, you know, your neighbors, neighbors, there's all these people. It's like, look, these are all, these are all people. And, you know, there, there have been terrible quotes from some very, you know, uh, higher level profile people, politicians and pundits and stuff about, you know, like, oh, you know, I think, uh, I think the uh, older generation would be willing to sacrifice ourselves uh, so that uh, kids would be fine. I'm like, yeah, well, I'm not, you know, I, you hear about like high risk and like two of the things you hear are asthma and high blood pressure. And I have both of those things. So uh, I'm, I'm, I try to be cool about it and, and just, you know, be super careful but I can't just worry about it every second, you know, but I, it doesn't mean that I'm not worried about it. So all I was trying to do in posting my friend John's account was, look, just think about this, okay? You can read it and be like, yeah, yeah, but that won't happen to me. Okay, great, I hope it doesn't. But I just wanted to like, you know, provide information that wasn't, I don't know how, I don't know if any of you have anybody that's been posting this, hey, YouTube took down this video. Yeah, because they I have down so the, many people. Because you know a lot of my family. That's, so that's that's two, that's two urgent care doctors in Bakersfield. Yeah, I would take that down too, because they're urgent care doctors in Bakersfield. They couldn't even be urgent care doctors in the show. They didn't get to the big time. They're urgent care doctors in Bakersfield. So no, I I don't need to hear what they have to say. It's fine. I'll hear. You know, I don't. I also don't need to hear what Doctor Doctor Phil or Doctor Drew. Oh God, say. no! But you know, and it's just like you know, sometimes you or Doctor Oz. So, yeah, well, yeah. Sometimes or Doctor Demento. Sometimes they YouTube takes things down because uh, it's it. You know, it's, it's actually threat. harmful. It's very harmful. What what people are saying, you know. So uh, I I like just because you know, what's the uh, uh, just because. Just because you're paranoid doesn't mean I'm not after you. That's a Nirvana lyric. You know, it's like, but just because it got taken down doesn't mean that what was there is something that's important, you know? So I don't know. But Yeah, I've actually seen that all over my Facebook feed from family here in Michigan. There's a problem with having this be our everyday right now is I know that people who I interact with who like the black cast and people that I genuinely like, they have at least a slightly different 
uh, different feeling about a lot of this stuff that I do. And I'm not saying that, like, I thought that this wasn't going to last for very long because I said, I'm like, you know, when you get to a month, like the, the economy is going to be, you know, just devastated. So I don't think it can last that long, but then just the problem, uh, it just got bigger and it adapted in ways that they didn't expect. So I, I really thought that the, the economy was what was going to stop it from being the way it has been. But it's just like, look, we, I guess we'll figure it out. You know, I mean, we've already spent a couple trillion dollars, I guess, you know, we'll, we'll spend some more and people don't want that. But I, I don't know what the solution is, but they're, they're trying to figure it out. And doesn't seem like our government does either. So yeah. you're in good so, company. Right. So that's why I, I tried to say, you know, I'm like, look, I'm not, I'm, I'm trying, look, I just feel differently. I'm trying not to judge people that uh, even the people that feel like they should be, look, we should all be able to go to the beach anytime we want to, but there's a reason why it's closed because, you know, it's just like, first of all, I, I don't care where you're from. The beach isn't essential. You know, no. <laughs> it's like, you don't have to go. Even, even Tiger Woods doesn't need to play golf right now, you know? So, it, you know, it, it's fine. And he probably has his own course anyway. Yeah, he'll but, be fine. Yeah, exactly. But, you know, it, it's so, I don't know. And anyway, I usually try not to talk about things that are too divisive for too long, but we keep having to circle back to this because it's so Because that's important. what's happening. I mean, it's what's happening. Yeah. And listen, I think that the thing that is most obviously the virus is enemy number one, but as far as like non-physical threats, the biggest threat right now is judging and shaming each other because we're already all in some version, uh, at least some small version of hell, you know, like we're all sure. going through our own little personal trials and tribulations every day. And so the judgment doesn't help. Um, and I think, you know, hopefully what your audience does and what we can continue to do is spread truth as much as we can and like you did today, I think that post was really responsible. You know, you just kept it to the facts. You didn't say, you're so bad. That's not going to help change anyone. Whether you think that the people who are staying inside and telling you to stay inside are bad or the people who are going out and protesting are bad, calling yeah. someone bad and telling someone a bad, they're a bad person never made anyone change ever. Yeah, look, I've talked a lot about this on the, the podcast, and I was talking to you before we started, that we spend three days a week with another family, but we started doing that right from the beginning because there was an article we read that we felt, okay, they're like, no, you can't have play dates with other kids, but if you do, just stick with one family. And it was out of kind of necessity because we all had these remote jobs, the four adults, and there were there were gaps for all of us where it was just like you know we couldn't cover them all and we didn't want to bring in uh like this other family was going to use a nanny service and they no. were going to be getting a different nanny every day and it's just like well we'll help out you help us out and so we do that but here's the thing i don't post about it i talk about it here but i don't i don't post pictures of uh, of all four kids together because i just i just don't want that you know, I think so it's I, smart because people wouldn't take the time to understand what yeah, was really going on. Right. And I, so I try not to do what I'm afraid people would do to me. Like we're planning on taking the kids to the drive-in uh, tomorrow night at where we're Bye. not going to get out of the car. We're going to see a movie. And I just like, yeah, I don't, I don't think I'm going to post any pictures of it though, because people are going to be like, no, you needed to stay home. I'm like, okay, but we've been staying home for six, seven weeks. Uh, we took the kids to the car wash today. 
you know, we can't get the car washed every day, <laughs> you know, oh, I guess we could, but you know, it'd be so clean, <laughs> so clean. So, uh, I don't know. And I mean, th- look, the, just the, the fact that my friend who was reasonably healthy, you know, he's got the, the bad cough and he referenced some, uh, some really bad neuro- neurological symptoms. Oh, it's just been like really weak. It's been like two weeks already. And my other friend who had it, it was a full three weeks before she really, you know, came out on the other side of it. So I was just like, here's the thing. Just think about this. If, if you still want to be angry, if you still want to, whatever, show up on your particular city hall tomorrow, uh, that's fine. But in bringing all of this up, I did want to talk to you about what was going on in Michigan. That sort of was the 40 minute meandering thing of that. <laughs> Because your governor, I guess, is, is a Democrat. Uh, yeah. And, and I guess, you know, the thinking is that these are all Democratic governors who are telling people to stay home. And I, I think that that's actually not true. But I do know that the governors who are opening the states seem to all be Republicans. So I don't quite know what, what you know, what any of it means. But uh, so... To me, I always thought of Michigan as a as a fairly left leaning place, but I guess it's not because uh, it's pretty purple. Yeah, it goes. I mean, president. Besides the Trump election, it's almost at least in my lifetime always gone blue. But when it comes to the governor, it pretty much flip flops every few years. Um, Which, by the way, I I kind of understand that. I think it's like you know, a lot of times when you have like a Republican president, you end up with, uh, you know, some Democrats, uh, you know, in the House and the Senate, you have Democrat for a while. It's like, yeah, let's, uh, let's, you know, switching. I'm like, yeah, I kind of get the way that the general public feels. It's like, let's not have more of the same. Let's, let's try and mix it up. So, uh, but just look, she seems to, what, sorry, what's her name? I want to call her Gretchen Whitfield. Whitmore. Whitmore. So I knew Whitfield was wrong, but I was close. <laughs> Sam, close. Whit- Sam Whitfield is a fan of the black cast though. I like him. So shout out to Sam. Yeah. Right. Shout out to Sam. But uh, so Whitmore and you know, to her point, she's like, okay, yeah, you can protest all you want, but we're still going to do this. And I saw a great tweet earlier today and I, I don't know who I saw it from, but it was just like, yeah, so you know this this state order got extended. This one did. So all these protests are accomplishing is just uh, creating large crowds where you're spreading the thing, and then it's like, look, and you're 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 protesting. You're possibly in some cases opening too early. It's just gonna, it's just going to make it worse, and then it's going to have to. You're going to go back to how it was before. Maybe it'll be longer. I don't know. So. I, since you're there in Michigan, I kind of wanted to get your take on the situation. And if you can, if you can see the, the, the side of the protesters, at least, uh, at least understand where they're coming from, whether you agree with it or not. I can't understand why they're protesting with AK 47s. Yeah. Um, Well, there's that. (laughs) And which, I, I can't I, understand I thought, that. I thought those were not legal, but I guess maybe in some states. And they, they hit a reporter over the head with, well, one protester did that. So um, I I get the perspective of, there's a lot of working class people in my state. Sure. And I, I really, I mean, I love the people of Michigan. I feel very connected to the land here. Like a lot of people move away from their home state and go to California or New York and are so happy they left. I've always felt, drawn back here 
Um, so like I, I feel like seen and understood by the people in Michigan and I feel like I get them and I just like get this land. It just makes sense to me and it feels like home. So that group of people, I definitely have always seen the simmering of them here in Michigan. Um, I think it's like, it's very much the same group that I mean, it is the same group that Trump appealed to within our greater nation. I think that they felt forgotten, um, unseen, unheard, and that this is like another uprising of that. Um, I get it be from the perspective of like what we were talking about, having empathy earlier, that they can't, a lot of them can't work. And so they want to feed their families. They want to know that they're taken care of. Like people in Michigan are really, really proud. Um, we're not typically like my dad, like basically raised me to be like, you never go on unemployment unless like you absolutely have to like save that for the people that actually need it. So I think that there's like a great level of shame that's bubbled up in them. And I think it's coming out in the most low level way possible in these protests. I mean, like it wasn't like people are like walking around with signs and saying we want things to change. I mean, you've seen the images. There were violence there's violent screaming there's people with these machine guns um so yeah all in all i'm i'm horrified by it i have seen the bubbling up of this happening even pre-pandemic and i'm not surprised that it's happening like i said like i do have a lot of family members in the macomb area which is one of the areas of michigan that won for trump and i've seen them posting things that are pro these protesters a lot of them um but, you know, interestingly enough, like there's a faction, like so half of them are pro the protesters and half of them are pro staying home. So that's it. They're like, but they're all right. Trump fans. But it, it's interesting to see that kind of faction growing and that discomfort. And and um, it's I, I'm interested by that. Have you seen that at all with your friends or family or followers? Uh, I've seen there are people who are like, uh, I, I, I don't know what the right thing is, but, you know, and, and look, it changes the longer it goes on. But mm -hmm. there are a lot of people, especially the first few weeks that are just like, look, I, I don't know what's right, but yeah, let's stay home because it seems safer, you know, and mm -hmm. The, the surprising thing is how much we're still able to do by staying home. I've said this it's amazing podcast and conversationally. Just think back. Think if we had done this 10 years ago. 20 years ago, if you're old like me, imagine doing this in 1990 and there, you didn't have an internet, you know, not you, even one, you might be there. There was, there was not even one internet cord. And it was just like, you know, you know, you couldn't really work from home. You know, nobody had a fax machine in their house, you know? Yeah. So it was, it, you know, just the fact that we're Except able to What about this. Bob? Do you yeah. ever see that movie? I How do. he works from home and I he punches love, in? I do love that movie. What about one of my favorites. But the, you know, and look, we were, I was talking about sort of the other family. The fact that there's four adults who all had jobs that we needed to figure out how we could all do without having the childcare. We consider ourselves very fortunate that we have that. And I have a job that I really like and I have a lot of fun with. So there's that right. too. Uh, and not, you know, look, and my wife and, and then the, the other mom in the situation, uh, she, uh, they're both in writer's room. So they have fun. And 
uh, the, the dad is, he's uh, doing like a teaching for like a film school. So, wow. Yeah. So it's like, you know, we're lucky that we have all these things. Plenty of people don't have those one for, you know, financial reasons, but also just the outlet. We have these things to focus on every day. You know, it's like, you know, I'm down here doing the black cast as much because I like, I like doing it. It's fun. I like having it to focus on, but you know, and then doing Dennis's podcast twice a week is fun, but it's just like, I understand people who like, they're just like, okay, I've, I've definitely had enough. And I think if they felt like you could go back out, you, you could, but again, like you said before, you can still go for a walk. You can still do things. And look, you, you, you have to do things. And I'm surprised that like the ice cream shops and the drive through Dunkin' Donuts and things are open, but they are. And I, I've never, I haven't been at one where I'm like, Ooh, I don't think that place should be open because they are not being responsible. I haven't seen, I'm sure there's going to be examples of that. I haven't seen it though. Right. I yeah. mean, my friend Annie texted me tonight and she's like, I'm at an ice cream shop because I had to get soft serve, but everyone behind the counter is wearing a mask. And, you know, our governor called for everyone to wear masks, but people have completely disregarded that here. It's strange. Like in LA, the minute uh, Garcetti said everybody needs to wear a mask, I feel like everybody had them on. But here it's weird. They've kind of like when we go for walks, we're the only ones wearing masks. Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, the states where it's just recommended, I can understand it. I mean, here it's like you can't, like you'll be asked to leave from an establishment. This was the first time where I was at a drive-thru and they, you know, like I wasn't going to be able to order if I didn't have one, you know? Yeah. So it's, uh, you know, and then I don't know what they do if you show up and they're like, ah, just kidding. Don't have one on. And then they're like, all right, well, I guess we can't serve you. So I, I don't I guess quite I, know. Yeah, they, maybe they would tell you to leave. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. But uh so and i don't know it's just like did i answer your question about michigan though you did no you definitely did and you know because i was just trying to understand it because you're there and look i i think that you know a lot of states have governors that people don't like and oddly enough like california there are a lot of people that didn't like gavin newsom but they they kind of like like him now Well, her approval rating is still in the 60s just so yeah. you know so like the bulk of our state still really likes her but the people who don't like her are really really loud yeah. and right. my aunt and my aunt's one of them and she look, calls her knit more or something yeah yeah well <laughs> like I, I saw right. people po- posting about gavin newscum i'm like ah, at ah, least he's ah, new yeah. <laughs> not the same old scum yeah no look and i think that's the example of like look uh it doesn't matter who you agree with the people who hate donald trump oh they're very loud the people who hated obama very loud you know so yeah i think when when that's the feeling you have those are going to be the people who uh stand out and look that's who you're going to put on your newscast that's who you're going to put pictures on your website because like like you said maybe that's the excels o- maybe that's the only protester with an AK-47. But if you have a picture of a protester with an AK-47, you're going to definitely put that up there. Well, yeah. And it, I, I mean, I said sex sells and I was being funny, but I actually do think that the way the news cycle is, is very pornographic. I mean, it's like, it's addictive and just keeps people coming. Yeah. No. I... <laughs> that bell is everything. That, that bell is everything. By the way, the bell also for Matt and KC, when I just want to just illustrate how important he is to this show so anyway look uh i know that not everybody uh, has the same view on this and i i just like to talk about it because i just want people to think 
before it's like, oh my God, this, this, why, is, why is this guy doing this to us? Why did they close our beaches? Because there were too many people on it. And that's the example I keep going to because that's the one that's here, you know? And uh, I think I saw like one post too many where I was just like, and when I wrote my post, I'm like, I'm not gonna comment on anybody's individual posts. Take a look at this, think what you will. Uh, this comes from a place because I care about the people whose posts I don't understand. And even if I, even if I didn't, I was just like, well, you know, it might be valuable information, but if not, uh, I, it's more because we care about you. And look, I'd love to have the conversations in person, however many months from now about stuff like, do you think we should have reopened sooner or not? Like, great. Let's have Let's be able to have it in, in person one day. Let's be able to go inside a Starbucks and sit down instead of, you know, having to go up to this sort of like weird, like Western saloon swinging door, you know, where you go up to a counter and they're like, no, 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 you can't come in. I'll bring it to you. So I, I don't know. I, I, I look forward to whenever that is. Uh, do you let yourself think about, and I ask everybody who's on the black cast, this is why I'm asking you sort of as we wind down here, because I know it's, uh, it's past one thirty in the morning, but I appreciate your generosity and your kindness as always, Lauren. I appreciate you. I hope that I'm, I'm energetic enough oh, for the, no. for the yeah, fans. Absolutely. Uh, you know, we, we don't have nearly enough ladies on this podcast. So people uh, are, are hanging on every husky word. Every but husky. What I always like to ask is, so July 1st is, let's just pick it as a day that things start to reopen. If like a movie theaters are reopening in your state on July 1st, how much after that are you personally comfortable going back into, say, a movie theater? I will not be comfortable until testing is so bulletproof that I can be guaranteed I won't catch it if I will go in. Right. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be super paranoid. Until there's really a vaccination, like, I'm not going to feel I was going to say, that's good. like the vaccine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's the, uh, the, the strictest response of anybody that I've asked. And I, I'm surprised that more people don't say that. I, I'm always like, yeah, I'll give it a month. You know, if if the, if nobody's getting sick in the movie theater after that month, I'll feel okay. But uh, I completely understand what you're talking about. And then, sort of for you, there's the advantage. Uh, I'm able to ask you this as a performer: What would it take for you to be comfortable performing in front of an audience? Is it the same sort of level of testing slash vaccination? Or well, they're saying that singing is one of the quickest ways to spread it because is that when true? you sing, yeah apparently there was some choir i don't know where it was but where they, oh, sp- they and, and it was like 50 people and 30 of them got it and I, like six of them died or something i read that too I, yeah I, I, do, I do forget where it is but yeah, yeah, they, yeah. but it's really sad so um i think concerts are going to be one of the last things open obviously like performing at a bar is going to be a lot less but i would want to feel really safe because if i did a show and somehow spread a disease to someone I, if I wasn't already in that state, I would want to die. Well, um, I, I completely understand that, you know, you don't, but, want, but you, yeah, I don't want to be the test dummy for it is what I want to sure. say. Like if, like you said, if other people are doing it and then like after a month or two, we find that the data supports that doing these things like going to movies and singing concerts isn't a danger then I will start engaging with it, but I'm not going to be one of the test patients for it. I don't want that for myself or for others. I get that. Uh, And also you have to figure if you're going to perform and give audience members a disease, you want to at least do it the way that Motley Crue did it in the eighties and, you know, give the diseases the fun way, you know? Yeah. Yeah. STDs. (laughs) 
in case anyone was confused. In case they're like, wait, did did Vince Neil give people smallpox? I don't understand. (laughs) Here's a blanket. Well, Lauren, I hope that uh, we're able to uh, interact in person uh, in the very near future. And I hope, I hope you're up on a stage, you know, doing, doing hits from the new album. I hope I'm doing hits too. Yeah, yeah please listen to it. It's on all streaming platforms. Uh, Rise is the name of the new single. Road to Glory is the other one. And then you can listen to Unleash Your Inner Creative wherever good podcasts are found. And I'm also doing live. I didn't do one tonight because I didn't even get into this with you. I got an inch long splinter in my foot today. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It was, wow. it was gruesome. Um, my mom was like poking at my foot with a needle for two hours. Yikes. So I didn't do the live concert tonight, but frequently most Fridays while we're in quarantine, I'm going to be doing Instagram live concerts. So come to my page. You can request a song. I'll sing to you. We'll talk. Maybe Christian will make a guest appearance. I, we I did once sing to. a karaoke song and um, it was like this weird karaoke machine that judged you. I got really poor scores when I performed by myself, but when I perform with Christian, Christian, we got a perfect 100%. So I might have to pull him on stage for a song. Oh, wait, you're talking about your birthday party when the, the yeah. What, yeah, what when you, we did karaoke in Koreatown. What did we do together? I don't even remember. Did total we, Eclipse total of, the of the Heart. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe we'll do a recurrence of that performance. I, I am always ready for any, you know, look, karaoke is uh, not in our lives right now. And I think my wife thinks that's a good thing, but I would be honored to be. Your wife if, is wrong. If you want to live stream us singing Total Eclipse of a Heart. Well, that might be a good idea, Christian. Maybe I'll do a karaoke night where I invite friends and fans yeah. in to sing with me. Great. Uh, yeah. Brilliant. I, See, I you helped idea. me unleash my inner creative. See, and, and, and here all along, I was talking about how I only had outer creativity. That one came from inside. That one came from the heart. Total tips of that. The t- love that. Uh, and I That's love sad. you. I'm so glad that uh, we had to catch up. Uh, I'm sorry that it has to be this way through different parts of the country and little little screens, little like three by five index cards. But uh, I hey. appreciate you taking the time and sharing everything with Black Cast Nation, letting them know your thoughts, your dreams, your inner creativity. Uh, at Lauren Lagrasso on Twitter and Instagram and laurenlagrasso.com and tiktok but i really don't understand it it's like outer space in there i don't i don't get it at all i'm trying i managed to avoid snapchat (laughs) i just missed the whole snapchat thing i'm really trying to to just sit out tiktok fingers crossed that tiktok becomes snapchat because i really can't handle it but anyway i adore you christian thank you for seeing me thank you for being my friend and supporter and i just think the world of you so thank you well, thank you, and thank you, everyone in Blackcast Nation who uh, sat here and either watched or listened. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow with more Blackcasting. Uh, you can always keep in touch with us at the Blackcast, or no, at Blackcast on Twitter, B-L-A-D-T-C-A-S-T. Like the Blackcast on Facebook, Blackcast.com, B-L-A-D-T-C-A-S-T.com. That is all the time we have now, but we will see you next time. On the black. Cause oh, kick me down a hundred times. Try to fill my head with lies. But through all the tears I cried, oh, I will always rise. Kick me down a hundred times. Wanna take away what's mine. 
Mission agent Starling, Captain EO, Coltrane sometimes, and Leah too often. We've had Guy Tuck in Coltrane's corner, and Leah loves Zemo time even more than he loves Halston. Sage, but nowhere near as much as he loves Will, Will, Will. And Nerd Talk, who does get Nerd Talk? Two meets all Nerd Talk, but even still. Shows, 200 shows. We've had DMZ spotlights, famous friends like Dennis Miller, auditions with Tommy Wiseau. But at day's end, it all pales in comparison to the Canadian CIA. Congratulations, guys.